Blog Talk Radio.
I am Jehovah, the mighty God. to Miracle Outreach Ministries on Sunday. For those of you who are new and do not know, I'm Pastor Sabrina, and we are a Christian, Protestant, non-denominational, filled with the Holy Spirit of God, internet, church, and a local church assembly, founded in Jesus' name. Amen? And the Lord Jesus is in our midst. Amen? He's not off someplace else. He's right here with us. So if you're looking for him, he's here. Amen? You're here, and he's here. And that's what really matters. Amen? Let all of the rest of that stuff drop off. Because it's not going to make you feel any better. Amen? That's why you're dragging it around. So just let it go, that little ball and chain that you drag around with you all week. Let it go in Jesus' name. Amen? Shake your feet, stomp your feet, shout, clap your hands, and say, Jesus, amen. Jesus, amen. This is the day that the Lord has made, and all of us are going to rejoice and be glad in him, amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. You see, the blood of Jesus is stronger than our checking account. The blood of Jesus is stronger than whatever is going on on the job. The blood of Jesus is stronger than whatever is going on at our house. The blood of Jesus is stronger than whatever our relatives are going through. The blood of Jesus is stronger than our own weaknesses, our own failures, and our own faults. Amen? Amen. So no matter what has happened, the blood has been shed for us. So it's a great day in the kingdom. Amen? No matter what we forgot to do, couldn't do, wanted to do, and it, something got in the way, the blood of Jesus is greater. Amen? Amen? And so right now, before we go a step further, we're going to ask the Lord Jesus to allow his blood to flow through our veins right this moment. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Amen. Sometimes God's children need a royal flush. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. It's not so fun with a full house, now is it? Amen. Praise the name of Jesus. So, as we trust the Lord, those of you who are new, we invite you to join us in our chat room, which is located on our webpage. And our webpage is www. 
MiracleInternetChurch.com. MiracleInternetChurch.com. And when the page comes up across the banner, you'll see, among other things, MIC Radio Chat. Click that, and then when the page changes, click Guest. Then sign in using your own name. Amen? And say hi to the saints. And the saints will say good afternoon to you. Amen? Praise the Lord. We're very loving and kind and receiving. And we're very cheerful. So if you feel gloomy, you're in the right company. That spirit's going to have to leave in Jesus' name. Amen. You know there are times when, oh, there are just times when the devil decides he's going to come by with some depression and some gloom and some other mess that we don't need. And we're so busy doing what we're doing, we're really not paying attention to what he's doing. But you know, Jesus sees it. And when we become aware of it, it's time to go to war. Amen? It's time to go to war in Jesus' name. It's time to hand it right back to the devil because that's who it belongs to. It does not belong to us. Amen? So weariness does not belong to us because we have the zeal of the Lord. Amen? Amen. And those of us that are backslidden, we're going to come out of that place. Amen? Say, say to yourself, self, I will not be backslidden in Jesus' name. Lord Jesus, I repent of allowing myself to be backslidden. I ask you to forgive me for that and to help me to regain my footing in you. Deal with me, Lord Jesus, according to your word, and cause me to walk in your righteousness. I thank you for it, Lord. I give you the praise. All the promises I've made to you that I have not kept, Lord, I'm going to do just what I said. Because I'm not going to lie to you And go to hell So help me to keep my word When I feel like giving up Amen Thank you Lord Amen Praise the Lord Now for those of you who are just joining us We celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, every Sunday we celebrate Holy Communion. So we just finished repenting of our sins. If you have any more sins you'd like to repent of, feel free to repent of them right now. Heavenly Father, we come before you, Lord, serious about this matter. Forgive us, Lord, for trying to run on in our own strength when we seemingly have disconnected from yours. Help us, Lord, when we try to do too much and we don't know when to quit. Help us to actually follow the Holy Spirit 
and not run on ahead of him. We give you praise for teaching us, Lord, day by day, how to love you, how to live for you, and how to obey you. We thank you for the lesson and the correction. We give you praise, Lord, because we want to please our Heavenly Father always. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Well, saints, if you have your elements ready, it's time for us to celebrate. Amen? Amen. Amen. It's time for us to celebrate. Jesus is risen, and we're still alive and not in hell. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. Because if he weren't, we would all be in hell already. And I never did look forward to that. I remember when I was a little girl sitting in church, and the late Reverend A.C. Chandler Sr. stood to the pulpit, and he started explaining what hell really was and what hell was going to feel like and how long hell was going to last. And I decided right then and there before he finished the sermon that I was not going to hell. It didn't matter what I had to do, whatever Jesus said, I was going to do what he said do because I was not going to hell. Amen? And I haven't changed my mind about that yet. And I hope you've made the same resolution and you won't change your mind either. Amen? Amen. I think I must have been about eight or nine when I made that decision. Some of you, it took a little longer, but that's okay. You still made it. That's what counts. Amen? Amen. And for those of you who made it about the time I did, congratulations. So, if you have your elements ready, for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, thank you, Lord, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Partake of the bread. After the same manner also, he took the cup. When he has supped, saying, thank you, Lord. This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye, as often as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Partake of the cup. Amen. Praise the Lord. For as often as ye eat this bread, And drink this cup. You do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. 
or are dead, you know? For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, and we should not, that we should not be condemned with the world. Amen? Amen. I'm not interested in being condemned with the world. Amen? Not at all interested in being condemned with the world. And I hope that you're not either. Father, in the name of Jesus, the course that you have set before us is clear. You have called us to right living in your presence. We purpose to be strong, courageous, and firm. Father, we thank you for going before us and working with us. You will not fail us. Let us go or give us, give up on us or abandon us. In the name of Jesus, we resist cowardice and fear, refusing to become broken in spirit, depressed, dismayed, and unnerved with alarm. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we throw off those things which hinder us and the sin that so easily entangles us. For we desire to run with perseverance the race marked out for us. We fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We will do as Jesus did. We will keep our eyes on the joy that is revealed before us. Jesus, who scorned the shame that came with his assignment and is now seated on the right hand of your throne, we will remember how Jesus endured overwhelming opposition from sinful persons so that during our trials, We will not grow weary, lose heart, and give up in times of stress. By your grace, we will trust in you, Father, and rely on you, Lord Jesus. Our hope and confidence is in you. On the authority of your word, we confess that we are like a tree which is planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river. We will not see and fear when heat and drought come, but we will maintain green foliage and we will increase in fruitfulness. We pray that your Holy Spirit will bring this commitment to our remembrance when we grow weary and overburdened with the responsibilities of the task. We pray for those who work alongside of us. We confess that he who began a good work in us and in this endeavor will continue unto the day of Jesus Christ, working on our behalf to develop, perfect, and bring our works to the fulfillment of their purpose. Thank you, Father, 
for creating in us a steadfast, joyous spirit. We rejoice and exult in hope, remaining steadfast and patient in trouble. For you, Father, are our exceeding joy. And everybody said amen. Amen Amen and amen. So when you get time, um, recast that prayer so you can find out what you actually said to the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's important to know what you're saying because then he's going to expect you to do it. How about that? Praise the Lord. He's going to expect you to keep your word because a good man swears to his own hurt and changes not. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is so good to us, saints, so good to us. He is so very, very good to us. And today we're going to enjoy some of his goodness. The word that the Lord has for us today is keep doing good. Keep, continue, don't stop, don't think about it ten times, just keep doing good. You know when you're doing the right thing, some of you may not know this, the enemy will attack you because you are doing the right thing. You don't always get attacked because you have an open door or because you've done some terrible thing. Yes, you get attacked then, but sometimes, just sometimes, you get attacked because you're doing right. The enemy targets you to get you off course, to get you to stop, to get you to quit. And he doubles up his efforts because he knows if you ignore him, If you bind him up, if you chain him and put him in a cage, and you keep sending his evil back to him, that you will be persistent and that you will overcome and that you will be victorious. So he knows it. Shouldn't you know it too? He knows that if you don't stop, you're going to get what God promised you. If you don't shut down, quit, and say, I've had enough of this, you're going to get there. Amen? You're going to get there. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know, it didn't say think, it didn't say presume. It says, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Amen? Steadfastness, firm, fixed, established, not changing, not fickle or wavering, being constant 
remaining the same, remaining, remaining firm in purpose, resolute, steady in affections or loyalty, going all the time, persistent, unmovable, anchored, firm. That's what steadfastness is. You know, I kid about that commercial where the man gets up every day to make the donut, and he never quits. Every day, up the same time, doing the same thing all over again, because he's going to make the donut. It's his purpose and his goal to make the donut, and nothing is going to stop him from making the donut. Well, you see, you have a purpose and a goal. You want to please your heavenly father. You want to do the things before you leave this planet that he has set out for you to accomplish. You want to become the person that he's called you to be. You want to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. When you stand before the throne, after you've left this life, you do not want to be ashamed. You don't want to be standing there giving excuses for what you could have done but did not do. And because you are so committed and so serious, you're going to get up in spite of how you feel, in spite of how it looks, in spite of all kinds of temptation. You're going to keep doing what's right. You're going to keep doing good. Yes, you will receive opposition. Strong opposition. Why? Because you're doing good. Because you're doing what Jesus did. Jesus went about everywhere doing good. When he told the Pharisees, when he told the scribes that they were wrong, he was doing good because they needed to be told that they were wrong. They thought they knew it all, but they were as wrong as they could be. You see, when the Lord comes by to help you out, receive the help. Receive the help. When he comes by to say, nope, that's not my way, don't get an attitude. Humble yourself and say, Lord, what would you have me to do? That's what Saul of Tarsus did on the road to Damascus. Granted, he had to get knocked off his horse, and blinded for a little while. But he got the point eventually, you know? Some of us, it takes us even longer. So when God comes by to say, what you're doing is not my way, that's not my spirit you're operating in. Don't pout. Don't get mad. Don't act like Cain did. Humble yourself and say, Lord, I'm listening. Help me. That's the way to do it. Don't walk around uh, falsely accusing people and saying things that are not kind and just showing your flesh as much as you can because you know eventually you're going to have to repent of that. Amen? Mm, I can hear those amens now. Praise the Lord. Always abounding, plentiful, and fruitful in the work of the Lord. 
seeing that your efforts and hard work are not for nothing in the Lord. So since future victory is sure, be strong and steady. Keep doing good in the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever wasted. Now, there is a story that I read, and I'm going to try to see if I can pull it together for you. It was about a homeless man, and he was, as the world refers it, down on his luck. He didn't have any place to live right then. So every day he would pick this particular spot, same spot, and he would sit there waiting for people to put a few coins in his little bucket. And one day this lady came by with a few coins. She just reached down in her purse and grabbed some coins and dropped them in his bucket. And then she went on her way. Well, a little later on, she went to her purse to look for a very valuable thing. That valuable thing was an engagement ring. It wasn't just any engagement ring. It was one that had been passed down the generation. So it was a family heirloom. It was very precious and significant because it belonged in the family. It had been worn by this person, by that person, by this person, and the continuity of grace came along with that inheritance. So it wasn't just any old ring. You know, you can say, oh, well, that's what happened to that one. We'll go back to the jeweler and get another one. We had insurance on that and on and on. No, 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 no. That one couldn't be replaced. That one was special. And so she began to look everywhere. She thought back through all the things she had done that day and all the places she'd been and everybody she saw. And then she thought about that homeless man that she gave some change to. And when she went back to the spot, he was gone, and her hopes sank. But she just kept believing that somehow the ring was going to come back to her. Well, in the meantime, the man took the ring to a pawn shop, and the pawn dealer told him, I'll give you $4,000 for it. Well, he could have had that $4,000, It would have gotten him off the streets for a while. He would have had something to eat and someplace to sleep. But somewhere down on the inside of him, he said, no, I'm not going to sell it. I'm not going to sell it. So he held on to it. He held on to it for a while. And one day, while he was sitting there, the lady came back again. And she asked him, did I give you my, my ring? I've been looking for a ring. And sure enough, he pulled it out and he handed it to her. Now, that was just a momentous thing for her. It was really, really special for her because she no longer believed 
that there were still people in this world that would be that honest, that would have that level of integrity, considering his own personal circumstance. But she was wrong. There was one. God found that one for her. So, as time went on, she and her husband became friends with the homeless man. In fact, they began to tell all of their friends and relatives about the story and how it happened and how she got the ring back. And so people began to give them donations for the man because they were so shocked that there was still anybody on the planet that would do something like that for a total stranger. Well, they began to think about it. You know, they collected about a thousand or so dollars, and somebody suggested, well, why don't we do one of those online things and tell everybody about the story, and maybe some more people would want to give and help him out. Well, so that's what they did. Well, you see, it went on and it went on and it went on and it went on until one day the sum was almost $200,000. You see, not only were they shocked, but the homeless man was shocked that anybody would care to that degree about his homelessness and his integrity. So they gave him the money, and they even got him some help. They got him a financial advisor and an attorney. They got him a car, not a great big, wonderful, expensive car, just a car, just a nice, decent car. He didn't have to sleep on the street. He got him a little house built, not a fabulous palace, but somewhere he could rest his head. But God wasn't finished then, you see. God still had other things to do. You see, this man, through the circumstances of his life, had become separated from his family. He didn't know where they were and they didn't know where he was. But one day, his sister was online, and she was poking around. You know how you poke around on the Internet. And she clicked something, and there was his face. She was the most shocked person in the world. She called all the other siblings and all the other family members and said, I found him. So, through sets of circumstances, they got to be reunited. His family that had lost him for years and his family that he didn't know if they even knew that he was still alive. So the story made it to a national television program. And on that program, the host said, we have a surprise for you after he told about the story. And out from behind the curtains backstage come out all of his family members. He cried. They cried. The audience cried. 
You see how touching and loving one act of kindness can be? It, the ripple effect never stops. So now he not only had a new life, he had a new way of living because he became a handyman. He had a source of income. He had new friends, the lady and her husband and all their family and friends. And he now had his own family back. So I said all of that to say this. Stop being discouraged. Stop being discouraged. Keep doing good. Keep doing good. Even in your times of distress, keep doing good. You never can tell what may happen when you do. But your efforts, your labor, what you put out is never lost in God. No act of kindness is ever wasted. It flows back into the heart of the giver and brings forth fruit unto God. I know you've looked at things sometime and said, you know, Lord, I've been doing this for a while, and I'm getting kind of tired of doing this. But saints, that's not the moment to give up. That's the moment to believe for more strength. That's the moment to believe for more strength. We want you to know, yes, the Lord and I want you to know, keep doing good in the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever wasted. The resurrection proves that. The resurrection proves that. You could say, well, Jesus just was on that cross dying, and, well, that's over with. No, look around the world. Look at the millions of people who have changed their lives when they turned to Jesus Christ. One death mattered a lot more than we think. One life changed the entire world. One resurrection said it all. So, in Galatians, Chapter 6, verse 9, Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Let us not be weary, tired, worn out, without further liking what we're doing, without any patience or tolerance or zeal. Don't let us think that now it's irksome and tedious and tiresome in doing well. Because in doing well, these works glorify our Father. For in due season, we shall reap if we don't give up and quit. In due season, we shall reap if we don't give up and quit. God does not desire. Or should I say, God does not rescue us from sin and death to then do nothing. He went through all this trouble to save your soul. There's a point to it. There's a point to it. He fully intends for his people to give 
their lives. What precious little time we have to doing good. Just as Jesus did. You know, many of us have in the natural outlived the number of years that Jesus had on the planet. Amen. But we have to do what he did. In Acts chapter 10, verse 38, Acts chapter 10, verse 38, the Bible talks about Jesus being anointed with the Holy Ghost and power, who went about doing good, who went about doing good. Good. We can all do that. We can all do something good for someone else, even if they are unthankful, unholy, and 100% unappreciative. It is still not lost in the Lord. We are not to lose heart by allowing wicked thoughts of discouragement to hinder us. You know, I used to have an eye doctor over in Riverside. And I remember years and years and years ago, I went to see him. And he looked in my eyes and he said, this is the best pair of eyes I've seen in over a decade. And I looked at him with absolute shock. But, you know, after I left that appointment, I had to think about it for a And I realized that this man's gift to society is helping people who have eye problems. So everybody that he sees has an eye problem to the point that he's almost convinced himself that just about the whole world must have messed up eyes because that's all that he's seeing. You see, if you only seeing one side of the coin, you forget about the other side. You forget that there are people everywhere who see just fine. Why? Because day in and day out, day in and day out, week after week, month after month, year after year, all you see is people with eye problems. You get the point? It depends on what you're focusing on. It depends. His discouragement came because all he was focused on, even though that was his gift and skill to offer, was what was wrong with people's eyes. Sometimes we need to shift our focus. We must ask the Lord to teach us how to effectively deal with our own brand of discouragement. You see, some things discourage some people, and other things discourage other people. Everybody has their own brand and flavor of discouragement. And you must learn, by the grace of God, how to deal with your brand and your flavor. Amen? For some of us, it is in the generation. Discouragement, disheartedness, 
comes down the family line. It's a family spirit to you. Some of us can pinpoint it back to some tragic event that happened in our lives. However it comes, whatever road or inroad it uses, you've got to deal with the kind you've got. And you need the power of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God to do it. Amen? We must overcome because the overcomer lives in us. Saints, we will reap in joy if we don't give in to the urge to give up and quit. Let me say that again. Saints, we will reap in joy if we don't give in to the urge to give up and quit. God never said the urge wasn't going to come. He just said that his grace is sufficient for us. And we know that it is because God can't lie. Yes, it is a strong temptation. But remember that the Lord warned us a few services ago to pray that we don't enter into temptation. Do you remember that sermon? He warned us that the temptation and the trial was going to come. And it wasn't going to be this little itty-bitty little thing that lasts for about 15 minutes and it's gone. No. It was going to come kicking, and we better be prepared. So my question is, did you do that? Did you pray? Then if you did, keep doing it. Don't give up. If you didn't, why not? Here God gives you an explicit instruction to win in battle. Why didn't you do it? Perhaps you should answer him. Situations can open the door to discouragement. People's actions can act as the hinges. However, our hope is in the Lord, not in people, their actions, nor situations. Our hope is in the Lord. It's not in folks. It's not in what they think, what they say, what they do. It's not in that. Our hope is anchored in the Lord God himself. That's where it's supposed to be. In Psalm 38, verse 15, Psalm 38, verse 15, For in thee, O Lord, do I hope, in thee, O Lord, do I hope. Thou will hear, O Lord, my God. My hope is in you, Lord. It's not in the circumstances. It's not in what the circumstances are, are not, could be, would be, should have been, none of that. My hope is anchored in you, Lord. Psalm 42 beginning with verse 5, Psalm 42, beginning with verse 5. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Say to yourself, self, what's the matter with you? 
And why art thou disquieted in me? Why have you given up your peace? Hope thou in God. Then say hope in something else. Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Hope in God. Stop putting your little hope uh, situations somewhere else. Go collect them from all the places that you put them and put them all in God. Mm-hmm, that's what you do. Verse 11, why art thou cast down my soul? Sometimes you have to have a conversation with self, and you have to say to yourself, self, why are you acting like this? Why are you back in the bed with the covers over your head? You know better. You overcame this a long time ago. Get up and go take a shower. Go brush your teeth and get your act together and put your clothes on. This is a new day. Look outside. It's beautiful. The sun is shining. There's a nice breeze. The birds are tweeting. What are you doing in the bed with the covers over your head? Sometimes you just kind of have to give yourself a little nudge or a swift kick you know where. That's right. Amen. Remember years ago that Aqua Velva commercial where the man put the Aqua Velva in his hand and slapped himself in the face and said, wow, thanks, I needed that. You got to get a hold of yourself sometimes. Because sometimes you're being your own worst enemy. It's not the devil. You're sitting there doing it yourself. And the devil's just sitting there gleefully going, yeah, she's at it again. He's at it again. Okay, shake yourself. You don't have to sit there and do that. You know better. Amen. It's the truth. When you are sitting there depressed and gloomy, Allow your mind to remember the goodness of the Lord to you. Rehearse all the good things that the Lord has already done for you. Just think about, if you pull out one, you could start your own praise album. You know I'm right. It's the truth. Your God has not changed. He changes not. Psalm 121, beginning with verse 1. Psalm 121, beginning with verse 1. I will lift up mine eyes. You mean I have to change my focus? That's right. I will lift up mine eyes unto the hill from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Didn't say about my help coming from any other entity. I will lift up mine eyes. I will do this. The angels are not going to come lift my eyelids. They're not going to get in it. They're just not. They're just going to stand there and wait. I will lift up mine eyes 
unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. So that's who I'm looking to see. I'm looking for the Lord, which made heaven and earth. When I lift up my eyes, that's who I'm looking for, not anybody else. Psalm 66, verse 16. Psalm 66, verse 16. Come and hear, all you that fear God, and I will declare what he hath done for my soul. Rehearse your testimonies. Rehearse them. You got them. You've got to, I can't think of one. Well, the Holy Spirit will help bring that back to your remembrance. Remember David at Ziglag. They got back, and their whole little town and community had been burned to the ground. They'd taken their children, their cattle, their wives, everything. The people wanted to stone David because here grown, hard men were crying like babies because they just lost all hope. They were weary, they were battle-weary, they were tired, and here it comes, the last blow. And David had to encourage himself in the Lord. Nobody else was there doing No, No angel came by with his violin and a cello and sat down next to him and strummed this nice little song. No, it just didn't happen like that. And it's not going to happen that way for you either. You're going to have to pull out of your victory chest past victories in the Lord. Sit them all in front of you and remind yourself how God brought you out before. He brought you out before, he'll bring you through again. We just sang this song about my God will do for you what he's done for me. There are testimonies all the time in the Global Prayer Warriors prayer room. If you go to the archives and you replay a sermon, you're going to hear somebody's testimony. You need to get up and encourage yourself in the Lord. So what it didn't work out the last time? Well, that's in the past. We're looking for the next time. Amen? You tried it before and it didn't work. You know it's like a recipe. You get it, you follow the little directions, and yours didn't come out looking like theirs. It's happened before to a lot of people. You're not the only one, but what do you do? Well, this is what I do. I take what I messed up and I throw it in the garbage. And then I go to the store, I get some more ingredients, and I start again. I reread the the directions. I look to make sure I have every single thing, and I keep going over it in my mind and my heart, and then I pray. I say, Lord, let's try one more time. I remember that I made the best strawberry cake I have ever made on the third try. The first try, I said, what is this? I opened the garbage, and I threw that thing in. The second try came out a little bit better, but it did not taste like a strawberry. So I opened the garbage can, and I threw that one in, too. I was not finished. 
I said, maybe I'm using the wrong recipe. So I started talking to the Lord, and we went to looking, and we found a completely different recipe. So I went back to the store, and I got some more ingredients. And I came home and I said, I'm going to keep doing this till I get it to taste like a fresh strawberry. That was my point. And the third time, it worked. Yes, it did. Even the uh, icing was different. And I got a great compliment from a stuck-up 10-year-old. I completely unsolicited. I was talking to her mother, and she popped up and piped up in the middle of the conversation and told me how creamy the icing was and how moist the cake was and how much it tasted like a fresh strawberry. And I thought her mother was going to faint because that's just not Miss Stuck Up, you know. That's out of her character. It had to be a move of God in that car that day. It just had to be. But you see, you don't give up. Yes, I had to spend more money on ingredients. I had to change the recipe. I had to change the way I was doing it. I had to recheck the oven and all kinds of changes I went through. But in the end, it was worth it. When somebody tells you that your cake tastes like somebody put their foot in it, it's good. And you ought to know it. It was worth the effort, you see? So we have to learn to press on. We can't just quit and give up because every time we try it, it just doesn't come out right. It just doesn't come out right. God says if you don't have wisdom, ask him. He'll help you tweak it. He knows what to do. So in case you did not know, Yes, your kids will disappoint you. They will anger you, humiliate you, and make you want to scream and shout. They are known for that. I believe they are born with a recipe inside of them just for the parents that they have to see if they can test them to the absolute limit because they do. And they don't wait until they're in their 20s to do it either. Amen, we know that's the truth. Look away from them from for a while and gaze upon Jesus. Why? Because you'll stay out of prison and they'll live longer. How about it? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Think about it. Some days you'd like to go through the ceiling. But you know, then that's a big house repair bill. So let's not do it that way. Amen. Praise the Lord. Look away from them. Get your mind on Jesus. What sweet relief he is. Switch your focus. Worship the Lord for the blessings of his blood shed for you. You know, nobody can get on your nerves like your family. Amen. They're experts at it. They've been practicing on you for years, and they know just when to get you. They're good at it. you got to give them that. 
Amen. This is the time to hold to God's unchanging hand. He won't fail you. They will. Situations will fail you. Sometimes you will fail you too. But Jesus will never fail you. Psalm 136, beginning with verse 1. Psalm 136, beginning with verse 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of God, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his mercy endureth forever. To him who alone doeth great wonders, for his mercy endureth forever. Verse 23. Who remembered us in our lowest state, for his mercy endureth forever, and hath redeemed us from our enemies, for his mercy endureth forever. Who giveth food to all flesh, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven, for his mercy endureth forever. And when you get to the end of your rope, he's got mercy for you. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Say to yourself, take courage, my soul. God will help you to overcome. God will help you to overcome. Psalm 138, verse 3. Psalm 138, verse 3. In the day when I cried, thou answerest me and strengthenest me with strength in my soul. I had run right out of gas, Lord, fumes and all. I was on empty. I cried to you, and you answered me, and you strengthened me in my soul. You gave me some more unction for the gumption to function. You gave me some more get up and go. You gave me some more stamina. You gave me some more power. You gave me some more compassion. You gave me some more endurance. You gave me some more yourself. You know, it's good to need God because he doesn't mind blessing you. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. It's happening to you. It's happened to a lot of other people, too. You're not on an island. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. So when you get to the edge of your cliff and you don't see anything down there, know that God is holding on to you. You don't need to jump off the cliff. Amen? He's holding on to you. Even if you lost your hold on him, 
he's still holding on to you. But will, with the temptation, also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. He'll give you broader, stronger shoulders if that's what you need. He's not going to leave you there just depending on your own resources that have already run out. He's not that kind of God. So be careful, saints, if you are thinking, oh, I would never behave like that. Number one, you just lied. Receive this warning. You are human too. Yes, you have a breaking point too. But God is already there should you arrive. He knows what your breaking point is. He's already there waiting on you just in case you show up. Some of you have failed so many times that you have already quit trying to overcome. You know you've got this same reoccurring issue. It's like it, it comes on a cycle almost. It just shows up just at the right time. Well, so now you're used to the cycle. Get ready for it. You know it's coming. Get prepared. Get your word out, get your armor on, get your fasting going, be ready for it. So when it pops up the next time, it'll be the last time. You can do that. You can do that in Jesus' name. You can do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. Get up from there. God is still God. He is still on the throne victorious. You are still seated in heavenly places with him. Jesus Christ is your promoter. He opens the door for you. Jesus Christ is your provider of a fresh outlook and a new disposition. He tells us to seek his face continually for whatever we need. And he means it. He actually expects us to do it. Psalm 146, verse 8. Psalm 146 and verse 8. The Lord openeth the eyes of the blind. The Lord raises them that are bowed down. The Lord loveth the righteous. You can't see your way out. Well, he's opening blind eyes still. If the burden is so heavy that you're bent over, well, he raises these people up because the Lord loves the righteous. Amen? You see, a hard fall is not the end of the journey. It just means you had a hard fall. Psalm 147, verse 3. Psalm 147, verse 3. He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. You had a rough fall, he'll come by to take care of you. But it's not the end of the journey. 
you just had a hard fall. Because he comes to heal you where you're broken and to bind you up where you are wounded. Verse 5, Psalm 147, verse 5. Great is our Lord and of great power. His understanding is infinite. So you can't tell him, but God, you, you didn't go through this. You don't know how this feels. He's touched with the feelings of our infirmity. He does know how you feel. He was tempted in all points as we are, but yet without sin. He does understand. Remember, he came all the way from heaven and took on a human body so he could share in and understand the human experience from a human point of view. Yes, he does. Yes, he does know and understand. Verse 11. The Lord taketh pleasure in them that fear him and those that hope in his mercy. Those whose hope is, Lord, you're merciful to me, I know you're going to help me. I know you're going to fix me. I know you're going to straighten me out and straighten everything else out too. Your Lord is the source of your strength to get back up and to get going again. Depend on his strength, not your own. Ask for his joy. He will provide what you need. Let's go visit Luke. Luke chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. Luke chapter 5 beginning with verse 1. Ah, Simon Peter, a lot like us. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him, speaking of Jesus, to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Hmm. That's interesting. Now, when he had left speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep. Let's go out in the water. Let's go out further. And let down your net for a draught or a haul. And Simon answered, answering said unto him, Master, we've toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Well, you see, saints, Peter and his partners were professional commercial fishermen. They were professional commercial fishermen. They weren't these people you see standing on the side of the bridge 
with a pole leaning over into the water. No. These people had shipped, not boats, shipped, plural. This is what they did for a living. And they went out far into the ocean, far out into the water to do their fishing because this was their business. And they're good at it. They have to be. It's their source of income. They were experienced to the point that they had expertise. They knew how to handle themselves when the water got rough. These were professionals. They weren't chickens or cowards. They were rough and tough and ready. But you see, sometimes that's not enough. Fishing was their field of expertise. It was who they were and what they did. They knew all that there was to know about fishery. However, we see these professionals discouraged. The top of the crop is discouraged. Wow. Depressed and beaten down in their work. They were at a very low point when Jesus came walking by. They were not in the best of disposition either when Jesus asked Simon Peter to use his ship. He was worn out. He was tired. He was physically exhausted, mentally drained, and in general, not in a good mood. You've been there. You know what that's like. You might not want to tell the truth in church, but this is a good place to do it. Amen? Amen. You see, God doesn't believe in pretend to church. He believes in the real deal. Uh Uh-huh. Well, Simon Peter said, why not? They hadn't caught anything of value. And sometimes we have a sour disposition, too, when things don't go as expected. When we have worked and toiled and labored and prayed and fasted and stood and confessed and cried out to God, you name it, we've done it. Boxes checked, signed off. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, when Jesus asked Simon Peter, he allowed Jesus, the preacher, to use his ship. Well, let's pick it up in verse 5. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night, hours, and have taken nothing, absolutely, positively nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. So, you see, Jesus turned to Simon Peter when he had finished preaching and told him to try yet again. 
here Simon Peter is at the point of what most people are called downright aggravated and through, done with it. And Jesus said, let's do it again. So you know what attitude Peter had. Why? Because you've had one too. Amen. You can relate. You've been there. You said, I'm throwing the towel in on that. I'm not picking it up again. I'm not going back. I'm closing the door and I'm out of here. And Jesus said, let's try one more time. And you do not have the nicest thoughts in your mind when he does that. And you need to come clean and admit it. Amen. So, initially, Simon Peter protested out of weariness, discouragement, and unbelief. He had heard Jesus' words, but he wouldn't let them change his feelings. Has the Lord ever been trying to reason with you and you listen to him, but you still got an attitude? Holy Spirit, they need help telling the truth today. They need a little help. You're the helper. Thank you for helping them. He was just too tired and discouraged to care. And he just came just short of telling the Lord he didn't give a flip. I mean, he came just short of it. However, Simon Peter mustered up some grit. Somewhere down in his inner man, and that fisherman came up something he could use. And he decided to concede to Jesus' request. Jesus requested Peter to let down the net, plural. But unbelief and discouragement blocked a fully obedient response. You may say, yes, Lord, I have been there. Amen. Peter said, I will let down the net, one net. He wouldn't let more than one net down. He didn't feel like it, and besides, he thought, I'm not going to catch much anyway, if anything at all. Discouragement was talking real loud about this. Failure was talking real loud about this. Weariness in well-doing was talking real loud about this. Despondency was talking real loud about this. So in order to placate Jesus, he let down one net. But he wasn't interested in letting all those nets down. He just wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't doing that. He had enough, and that was it. So Peter let down his net. Amen. He did make it that far. Congratulations, Peter, you did let down a net. That gives me hope. 
Verse 6, and when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. That's a lot of fish to take a commercial net, and it's so full that it breaks. When the net came up Overflowing with so many fish That the net started to break Peter was sorely convicted Of his sin of unbelief His sin of discouragement And his sin of doubt His sin of pessimism And sarcasm And all of those other isms That come with it Verse 8. Well, let's go back to verse 7. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. They needed help, it was so much. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sit. This was not the little rowboat that you see in the pond. No, this was a ship, and it's more than one ship. And the ships are so full of fish that now it's not just the net. The ships are starting to sink. God knows when to show up and show out. Trust me, he does. So you see. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. I'm wrong. You know how those kind of men are. The last thing they admit is that they are wrong. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, not just him, everybody else was too, at the draw, the catch of the fishes which they had taken. That was a lot of fish. That was a lot of fish. Imagine this professional commercial fisherman completely astonished, in shock, at the wealth of fish that was caught at the word of Jesus. Jesus said to Simon Peter, fear not. Fear not. Jesus said, fear not. Your efforts and works of righteousness are not in vain in the Lord. The Lord says to each of us, fear not. Your efforts and works of righteousness are not in vain in the Lord. You will reap in the Lord. You will reap in the Lord. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10. Hebrews Chapter 6, 
verse 10. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister, that you've done those good works he's wanted you to do. Keep doing them. Keep doing good. God has a record. He knows what you've done. When other people couldn't see and they don't know, God can see and he knows. And he is the rewarder. It's, it might end up trickling through somebody else, but he is the rewarder. He's the one that brings the reward. He's the one. Get your eyes off a of man and off of flesh. God is the rewarder. Don't keep trying to work it out your little way according to your little thoughts and your little mind. Your mind is too little for that. You'll miss the blessing God wants to give you. Amen. Confess your weariness to the Lord, and he will send you comfort. It may not immediately come in the form of a change in your circumstances, but it may be supernatural peace that helps you to forge on and keep doing good in the face of weariness. Your circumstances may not change instantly, but you will. You'll change. Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11, beginning with verse 28. Matthew chapter 11, beginning with verse 28. Come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your soul. Stop trying to work it out in your strength. Lean on the Lord. He says to take his yoke upon you. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Learn of me, he says. There's something you need to learn. Be open to learning. And he promises that you will find rest for your soul. 
that rest that you can't find when you go to sleep. He will provide for your soul. God will give rest to his weary ones, and he will teach us how to persevere. Amen? Stand for the benediction. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And the church said, Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Father, we just want to thank you for this needy word, this word that everybody needed, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for bringing us once again into the comfort of your truth. We thank you, Lord, that as we recast the message, we'll let it go even deeper into our spirit and settle into our hearts and in our minds, Lord so that we can go forth in you and be victorious. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Pastor loves you. Oh